Who dat, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into a brand new episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. We are four days removed from the worst no call in NFL history, and, and the worst no call we may ever see in our entire lives. We finally mustered up the strength to finally dive into the happenings of the 2019 NFC Championship game, which unfortunately saw our New Orleans Saints fall to the LA Rams. We'll jump into all of that, all of the the juicy controversy in just a minute. I want to introduce everybody who's on this pod. Obviously, as always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. You can follow me on Twitter at Dayton underscore Brown underscore, and also follow our main podcast Twitter handle at the WDD podcast. The other two gentlemen here with me first up, uh, you know him from Twitter, obviously, at St. Charlie, best follow out there, and I know that he is probably more infuriated than me, which is hard to do over what happened on Sunday. Charlie, man, what is going on? Four days after that, I- I'm still just in disbelief of what happened. How, how-, how are you feeling overall? Um, <clears throat> Still pretty bad, man. Uh, Saints fans, we've been on the losing end of some horrendous playoff losses and you know for me for me this tops them all man um it's the worst it's just the worst playoff loss that I've ever been a part of you know as a Saints fan it's just what makes it so bad is how it was you know you can we can look back and I can name off plenty of plays that we left on the field Mm -hmm. um but in reality, we we lost the game, and it was it was out of our control, and that's that's really the worst way to lose. You know, it's worse than getting blown out. It's worse than Marcus Williams taking a bad angle at the mm-hmm. end and having Stephon Diggs. Yeah. You know, that's because you didn't you didn't make the play. You know, that's bad, but that's something you can work on. That's technique. That's watching film. That's things that you can you can make better. But you can't you can't make. There's nothing we can do to rectify. See, that's the thing, man. It's like when you lose heartbreaking games, and the most for the most part, you can kind of take that into the off season and be like, you know, here's where we didn't, here's where we didn't perform the way we needed to perform. Here's the the fixes we need to make, or maybe we should have, you know, had this call or this technique or this formation. But when you lose a game off of a blown call, you know, that's that's just disheartening because mm-hmm. there's nothing as a team you can do. There's nothing you can do. The only thing you can do is go back and look at what you could have done better in the game, and then, and, and that, that's all you can do because you can only control what's inside the building. You can't control, you know, how bad refereeing has become in the NFL. Um, you know, and this is after the, the the NFL hired full-time refs, and that was always a complaint of teams and fans is, you know, these referees are all part-timers. That you know, how, how much is in, are they invested in in doing the right thing? And and this, I mean. It, refereeing in general in the nfl is just it's gotten worse it's gotten Horrid. bad there's, there and i get it man there, there there's a lot of stress that goes involved that's involved and in, in a lot of rule changes that they need to keep up with and all that but i mean you know if it was a ticky tacky call it would have stung pretty bad but eventually you get over it i mean it, it doesn't get any more blatant than that man mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Man. you know it it's tough. I mean, this is one that, and I, I've said it on online. I've told people, I, this is one that you don't get over. I don't care, man. You, people can make fun of me. They can call me a loser. I, I really don't care. Um, I love the Saints a lot. They're you know a big part of of my family. I go to Saints games every year. I've literally traveled the world to watch this team. 
Drew Brees is my favorite athlete of all time. He's, you know, he, more than 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 any other athlete have I admired Drew Brees, and he's the most underrated and underappreciated quarterback of all time. One hundred percent. And for him to get that that next ring, and you know, going to the Super Bowl, it wasn't guaranteed, but to take that opportunity away from us as fans, the city of New Orleans, the team. But to me, more importantly, to take that opportunity away from Drew Brees, a guy who's earned that more times over, mm-hmm. to take it away from him, it just it sucks, man. This is to me, it's a loss that I, I'll never get over. Even even with time, I'll, I'll be pissed about this for the rest of my life. Oh yeah. Well, the Saints did everything they could in that game to walk away with the win. All we needed was a routine, obvious flag thrown there. And the Saints are marching into Atlanta for Super Bowl 53. So to the people nitpicking all of the, you know, other plays that happened earlier in the game where the Saints could have scored a touchdown instead of a field goal, blah, 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 all of this stuff. You can nitpick that about every single win that's ever happened, every single close win that's happened in NFL history. The thing is, though, all of those teams, just like the Saints, did everything in their power to win that game. And most likely they got a call in their favor going that way that was obvious that ended up either sealing the game or helping them get that extra those extra yards or that extra nod to score and win for the saints all we needed was that routine flag and we're marching in the super bowl and nobody's talking about us getting seven instead of three on our earlier drives that happened in the first quarter of the damn game so um yeah just toss all that out the window i'm not in agreement with that uh, other host here with us, I know he's got a lot to say as well. Very, very passionate guy. You can follow him on Twitter, at Raymond Tyler M. Tyler, dude, uh, we, I mean, we've been recording this podcast for, what, coming up on almost a full three years now? And yeah, never have we felt, like never have we felt, I guess it would be two since it was 2017, but never have we felt like this before, this defeated, even after what Charlie mentioned, the, the, the meaningless miracle that happened uh, a year ago. Never have we felt this down, dude. Um, but, I mean, ha- have, have you been able to recover at all since Sunday? No. Um, so, it's funny. You know, everybody knows me who listens to this podcast. You know, I'm a passionate guy. I love talking about the Saints, how much I love them. And to have to have something happen like this, you know, where you guys said it perfectly. Like, it's out of our control. And it, it would have been nothing if it was something that, like, was wishy-washy it could have gone either way this was something that was so blatant like i'm never gonna get over it you guys are never gonna get over it like nobody's ever gonna get over it and you know like when it first happened i was watching with my dad and we were so like distraught you know we were like it's like somebody just ripped the soul out of my body like i i couldn't think i couldn't speak like i think my voice was cracking i don't know man like it was terrible, you know, and it just made it worse because, like, go back, listen to other episodes. We, At least me. I was saying this was our year. Like, we were going to the Super Bowl, and we were almost there, you know, and some stupid ref from L.A. cost us mm-hmm. our chance to go to the Super Bowl. And, you know, and I'm almost getting uh, choked up now just talking about it. And it's funny. When you mentioned earlier in the intro, uh, uh, you guys had to muster up the strength. I don't know if I have all the strength in the world to uh, mm. muster up talking about it, but it's devastating, you know, and we've got stats later. We can talk about what happened and how much time w- was it going to be and different reactions and other stuff like how this was so bad. It finally might cause the NFL to make a rule allowing pass interference 
to be looked at maybe within the final two minutes to final five minutes, fourth quarter, who knows. But, dude, it felt like I just took a punch in the gut to Mike Tyson. That's how it felt. Like, mm. I was crying, I was drinking, man. Right. <laughs> it wasn't a good day to be a Saints fan, that's for sure. I blocked a lot of people that day on Twitter. That's yeah. for sure. But, <laughs> and and um, I don't blame yeah. you for that because there were a lot of nasty people. There were a lot of just, I mean, for lack of a better word, idiots on Twitter just yeah. trying to go off on – I think I think it was it was a lot of if you notice too it was a lot of Philadelphia Eagles fans trying to get in on it when yeah they, like yeah, they've been sitting at home for that. for a week and a half. I don't understand that. I don't Me understand neither. the Me anger from Philly fans to to Saints fans. I mean, what did we outside of beating? Okay, outside of beating them twice this year, but like, what did the Saints do to Philly? Like, I I don't get that at all. I get the Apparently fact we ran the score up on them. Yeah, yeah, right. Apparently, I, yeah. I get the Falcon fans because they're just miserable pieces of trash. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't get like, I don't know, like even LA Ram fans. It's like, okay, I guess you're feeling insecure about the win, so yeah. you feel like you need to lash out to defend your win. Honestly, if this was me, okay, and I'm being a hundred percent honest, I'm not BSing this at all. If the Saints were on the winning end of that, first of all, I would look outside and believe the end of the world was happening mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because the Saints mm-hmm. never get things to go their way. We're the black sheep of the NFL. But if I was on the winning end of that, I would be the first one to admit, damn, we got lucky. I hope to God we yeah, go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Super Bowl. Just be honest with yourself. You, the, Rams, the, Rams, the Rams should not be in the Super Bowl. I mean, I have it, like four fans there's too. no other way of looking at it. The Rams have no business being in the Super Bowl. They are a great team. They're really good, but they weren't the better team overall on Sunday. They just got a little bit of help. They could, yeah, yeah. By, by three refs from L.A., mind you. I know you mentioned, Tyler, one ref from L.A. Yeah, three refs did not. Three refs could have thrown a flag on that play. And I'm pretty sure all of them have ties to to Los Angeles too. Very suspicious stuff. I mean, and I'm usually not up with the conspiracy theory stuff for the NFL, but how how do you miss that? There's four penalties you can throw on that play: pass interference, helmet to helmet, face guarding, and uh, something else. No, there was one more, and now uh, of course I'm I'm blanking on it. Um, they were but all it, pretty bad. There's Doesn't there's matter. four illegal flags. contact, illegal con. Yeah, yeah, sure. There there. I mean, you can twist it any way you want. You're right there. There's three of you guys standing right there, and no flag is thrown. It's obvious in real time, slow motion, frame by frame, however you want to play it. It's very obvious, not to mention the other helmet-to-helmet play, and, and I hate that the NFL is always always comes out to preach about player safety when there was another helmet-to-helmet call that actually had Josh Hill out of the game. Knocked him out. Cushion, literally yeah. knocks him out on the field. No call on that. What's up with the player safety, NFL? It, it just it just it just pisses me off that the NFL tippity top in terms of an, uh, player talent for football you can't get better than this it's supposed to be ran and, and obviously no no league is perfect but everything that goes through the NFL needs to be very concise needs to be ran consistently near perfect that includes calls on the field and that's where we get the most despair uh, disparity week in and week out is how the referees ref games. It's 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 a disgrace, and they don't get punished for it. I don't understand. Don't. You can get caught smoking pot, and you're out for four games. Referees can cost teams games and players careers uh, with with flags that they should have been throwing to control stuff earlier in games. 
and they don't get any punishment. Oh, yeah, next week, hop on the bus. You're flying out to uh, 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 Green Bay to ref Packers Patriots next week. Uh, all right, Bill, it's okay. It's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous how these referees are never held accountable, and the NFL has still not said anything publicly it's about nice this blown call. It's just it's mind-boggling i don't it's It's frustrating i mean even if it wasn't us on this losing it like say let's say there were two random teams going at it in the nfc championship game or let's say this happened pats patriots and you know this this no call gets missed and ends up costing the team a game i'd still be pretty pissed about the referees everybody outside of a couple bitter fans yeah everyone has come out in support of the saints it's freaking awesome to see Every major analyst on every mm-hmm. network, every writer except, on every except network, for Jason Whitlock. besides Jason Whitlock, yeah, besides Jason besides, Whitlock and, and Peter Precious. King, who's a, yeah. a NFL shield humping idiot mm-hmm. who hates the Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone, I mean, it's like honestly, it. I did take solace in that. Like it did yeah. comfort me a little bit in seeing, you know, websites that I don't really like, like Pro Football Talk. I don't mm-hmm. like Mike Florio. I don't like those guys. I don't, you know, I, I don't agree with a lot of what. They have to say and all that. They but really came to our defense. They were really behind. They us. did, and they yeah. still are. And even guys like Adam Schefter, who's mm-hmm. like the cleanest of all whistles, who's just an NFL insider, has, has you know has hinted towards that this was some BS. Mm-hmm. The fact that you have everybody in the country outside of LA, a couple weird Eagle fans and miserable Falcon fans, mm-hmm. coming rushing. I mean, rushing to the support of the Saints and how horrible it was. And this is the thing. I agree with you, Dayton. I'm not a conspiracy theorist kind of guy. I never thought that there was this, you know, mass conspiracy to keep Drew Brees and the Saints out out of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I do think that we're looked at a little bit differently for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. We shouldn't be. We haven't done anything to earn that. Mm-mm. Even going no. back to the BS bounty scandal, the NFL never produced no. any evidence of a pay to injure no. or a pay to to you know take somebody out of the game. They the never suspensions got thrown players, out. Player suspensions got thrown out. Exactly, exactly. And the NFL only upheld what they what they had the power to uphold, which was Sean Payton, Mickey Loomis, it, and the coaching staff, right, in the front office staff. Yeah. The only thing the NFL ever produced in that whole debacle was pay for performance. You know, mm-hmm. if you get an extra sack in the game, here's a couple hundred bucks thrown your way, or if you cause a fumble or a tackle for loss or an interception. Which the NFL all the time. produced plenty of evidence of that. Yeah, sure, that's outside the rules. That's that's not. It's not within the collectively bargained uh, financial structure of the NFL and the NFLPA. I get that. But having that and then now this, it just, just – it paints a picture. It's like why? Why? What, what is it about the Saints that, that the NFL doesn't care? I mean I have to think that if this was the Packers – you know, and this is nothing against these teams that I'm about to list at all. I, I have the utmost respect for all NFL organizations, even the Falcons, even you know, mm. all of their faults and how stupid they are. If this was the you know the Packers or the Steelers or the Giants, you know one of these one of these classic type organizations with a long rich history in the NFL, absolutely something would have been released right now. Mm-hmm. An explanation mm-hmm. would have been released right now. And this is the thing: or, heaven forbid the, NFL, the Patriots too. The NFL not only have they botched the handling of of this and not coming out and, and explaining. And explaining anything, not even releasing a statement. Sure, Al Riverone has said a, said a couple of things. Sean Payton got a phone call after the game, but the NFL didn't has not come out and publicly said anything about it. And when you wait this damn long, you you swing the door wide open for fans to start coming up with conspiracy theories. Yeah. It's like 
not only have you taken forever to explain it, but in there's there's an inconsistency level in the way that NFL games are refed, and when you have the inconsistent inconsistency of refereeing in the NFL as a whole, and then you carry that into this game with this BS miss call, and then you come out and you don't say anything about it afterwards. You leave the door wide open for every single type of criticism that you can get, and everything the NFL is getting right now, it absolutely deserves. Ticket prices have plummeted for the Super Bowl so yep. far, already 17%. And I get some of that's probably because a lot of people who play fantasy football really wanted to see Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Mm. But it, they know that this Super Bowl is tainted. On the other side, the AFC, you had the the, the overtime problem. Look, I, I get that. I understand why people get can get fired up about that. But that's nowhere – that pales in comparison to what happened to the Saints. Right. And- not, not, not even close. So – I'm not a spiteful guy, but I can be. And I hope to God that this is the this is the least watched Super Bowl. And it has nothing to do with the players on the Rams or the players on the Patriots. It's it's a big F you to the NFL and everything that it stands for. Because right now it's standing on nothing. Yeah. I'm glad you and, brought up uh, oh no, go ahead, Tyler. Go oh, ahead. I was just gonna say, so obviously, you know, everybody's been distraught about it. Uh, it's funny, the NFL hasn't come out to say anything about it. But on the other side, you've had a bunch of different players, media analysts, everybody talk about it. And just a couple things. From memory, I remember you know, when they first went into the locker room, everybody was crying, everybody was upset, mad at themselves, and they shouldn't be. I, I just want to mention, because obviously I, I think everybody's probably going to get haters at some point. A lot of people that are in disbelief about what happened, a lot of people that are against the Saints on this, they're saying, oh, well, the Saints got away with some calls too. Sure, that happens. The refs don't uh, coach a perfect game. And there are calls on both sides. But the fact that this call, this call alone determined the game. So I'm just going to go in. Uh, I looked it up on NewOrleansSaints.com. Uh, of course, you know, the lovely uh, Mrs. Gail Benson, you know, Saints owner, after her husband passed away this year or two and everything, last year, uh, she released a statement. It's a really long statement, so if you guys want to check it out, it's on the Saints website. But the main part that really hit home or at least for me, she said no team should ever be denied the opportunity to reach the title game or simply win a game based on the actions or inactions of those charged with creating a fair and equitable playing field. As is clear to all who watch the game, it is undeniable that our team and fans were unfairly deprived uh, of the opportunity yesterday. So she's blatantly calling it as she saw it. Like, she's throwing major shade if anybody follows up to this. Like, she was completely saying they screwed up, they were wrong. Another thing, too, just some of the facts. I've been reading all the websites. So if this call had gone our way, arguably this is what would have happened. The Saints would have had the first and goal at the six-yard line. There's about 145 left on the clock. The Rams had just one timeout left. So there would have been around 17 seconds left. That's what people were, mm-hmm. uh, you know, speculating. How much time, do you guys remember, did the Rams actually end up having when it came down to them it was about driving one, down for a field? It was about 139. Well, it was about 139. Yeah. 17 versus yeah. 139 mm-hmm. makes it um, mm-hmm. with no timeouts left because they had to stop the clock yep. where the Saints are probably going to run the ball and I'm first and goal. It makes it extremely hard for them to get into field goal range. Sure, defense isn't perfect, but makes it extremely hard. So 98%. Say, 98% yeah. chance the Saints win that game had the yep. right call been made. Yep. That's all, all to is me when people say, crazy. oh, you know, you, you, you. and look, I, I'm right there, man. 
We drove down the field the first drive, kicked the field goal. Then we immediately get the ball back off an interception, kick a field goal. I said during during that game, we need a I touchdown. Said, These are going to haunt us. That the yeah. the interception field goal sequence is going to haunt us, and it and it did. But even having even having all of that, the ref makes the right call, which was not a hard call to make amongst other missed calls that they that they had in this game, by the mm-hmm. way. But that yeah, made there are the most egregious and blatant missed call in the history of the NFL. The ref just does his job. There's a 98% chance that the Saints are in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And to me, that you can throw the rest of the game out. That, yeah, to yeah. me, doesn't matter anymore. Because in that moment, that part of the game is so critical. I mean, exactly. Because every, if, this, okay, if this was in the first quarter or the second quarter, it doesn't have that kind of impact. Because there's a whole rest of a game that's still yet to be played. You can, as a team, overcome bad refereeing, hopefully, by by elevating your game and by doing what you need to do going forward. But the fact that there was under two minutes left, the Rams only had a timeout left, and we would have gotten the ball on the six-yard line, Yeah, that's what makes the call so magnifying, and that's why exactly. we had a 98% chance of going to the Super Bowl had those idiots done their job. Yeah. And what killed me about that was the one ref reached for his flag. Uh-huh. He reached the other for his flag. He was going to throw it. And the idiot on the other side runs down and says, no, 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 no. That's bang, bang. Don't call it. Yeah. Don't call it. Stupid. Just mm. – and and that coincides with what a lot of referees are trying to do now with – and I understand flags aren't reviewable, but once flags – because it's coming. Flags are going to be able to be reviewed here within the next – I'm going to give tops 10 years. Um, all flags, mind you. I, I, I We have way too much freaking technology to not review flags. Exactly. Because of how freaking awful these referees are game in and game out. Every every NFL fan can admit that. Refer, NFL referees suck every single week, no matter what it Chiefs is. This game was just as bad, too. Exactly. We need the technology. But once flags are reviewable, what, what referees are doing now for, for some of these turnover plays, because they review turnovers, they'll let the play go on. They'll, they'll let the they, – they won't blow – or at least they're trying to not blow the whistle so soon so that they – Give that team the turnover so that then they are obligated to review it right away instead of trying to wait for a coach's challenge or wasting a timeout or whatever it may be. They let it go on so that once it's a turnover or a touchdown, instead of blowing the whistle earlier, uh, they're going to be able to look underneath um, you know, the booth and, and check out the play. For this play, the referee should have thrown the flag because 10 years from now, that's what they're going to be doing is throwing the flag when it's a bang-bang type play like that because then they go, hey, if I got that flag wrong, at least we pick it up now and, and, and we can correct that. If I don't throw the flag, there's no way we can go back and, and because they're not going to review – most likely they're not going to be able to review a play where a flag wasn't thrown. So just throw exactly, the damn yeah. flag there. Talk about it maybe if it be, even though it's a bang-bang play. But on bang-bang plays like that, especially when his head – because that, that, that was the key to me. When I first saw the replay, I said the dude didn't get, didn't get his head around. That should be automatic flag right there. That's what I was taught as a cornerback growing up. That's what they tell cornerbacks in today's NFL. If you're not able to get your head around, that's interference because you're not making a play on the ball. N- Nikel Ro- uh, Roby Coleman was just going for the tackle right there before the ball he was even close it to too, top. Lady, he yeah. Him. Oh no. Yeah. No. He's still bragging about it on Twitter. It's 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 actually pretty disgusting. Um. So I hope uh that he just gets I don't know. Uh, blindside uh, crackback block uh, against the Patriots in the Super Bowl because he's acting like a fool, a, a disgusting little critter on Twitter after uh, you know pulling off one of the lamest moves of all time in the NFL. But Charlie, I'm also glad you brought up the um, overtime debacle that's going on now due to the Patriots beating the Chiefs. Um, first off, 100% agreeance. It's nowhere near the amount of 
um, I guess, craziness or, or um, what's it called? What, what's the word? See, I'm, I'm, I'm missing out on words today, fellas. I'm, I'm, so, mm-hmm. I'm so hyped up or angry over this. But yeah. it, it, it's not as controversial um, as that, as that no call in, in New Orleans, not even by a long shot. But also, the NFL, football, I, I should be more specific with, football is a two-sided sport. Chiefs fans, if your defense wasn't able to stop Tom Brady there uh, in that overtime, you can blame, oh, it's just a coin toss all you want. All your defense needs to do is limit them to a field goal, and, and, and Patrick Mahomes has the ball in his hands. Your team couldn't do that in your own field. And, and, and granted, the, the, the Saints, I know we, we made mistakes in, in overtime, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm more than willing to admit that. But the Saints shouldn't have been in an overtime period. Exactly. The Chiefs got into an overtime period. It's a two. It's a two-sided sport. If your team isn't even able to, because the rules used to be, if you're able to get in the field goal range, kick a field goal in overtime, even before the other team had the ball, you win. That's that's how the Saints went to the Super Bowl um, back in back in uh, 2010. For now, uh, today's NFL, you don't you don't or or you can't just kick a field goal and, and walk away with the win there. You have to at least score a touchdown to win there. And if you kick a field goal, the other team gets the ball. So Kansas City, all your team had to do was force Tom Brady to a field goal and you get the ball back to Patrick Mahomes and and it sounds like all you guys are super confident that he drive down the field and score a touchdown. That may be so, but you can't blame overtime rules. Oh, it's just you, you know you you're just going to win if you 50-50 shot, you know, if you guess the correct uh uh flip then then you win that. No, no, because your defense has a chance to stop that offense. What don't you understand about that? Um, so I, I'm not buying the whole overtime changing rules. Um, I, I, I do prefer college rules over NFL, but only because it's more exciting, not because I'm like an old schooler going, oh, hey, we should put both teams on the field. No, if your defense can stop them and force a field goal, you get the ball right back and you have a chance to answer. If your defense can't do that, so be it. I mean, that's... You knew the rules going into the game anyway. If, if you were really that concerned about it, why not complain about it before the game? This was yeah. a blatantly missed uh, pass interference, head, helmet to helmet, that would have given the Saints. And, and, and the Saints could have scored a touchdown on that drive too, mind yeah. you. They score a touchdown, and that game is that, – that percentage might even go up, go up more um, because they, they'd be able to chew some clock, get a touchdown, and force the Rams to have to drive down the field with probably most likely less than a minute left. And, and score a touchdown just to tie the game up. Um, and they were they were lucky to get in the field goal range at that point in the game. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, so I, I the Chiefs-Patriots controversy pales in comparison of, the, of this. Say, I, th- I think that's just Chiefs fans, honestly, truly, making up excuses. Like, pull, just pulling something out of their ass to try to justify uh, losing to the Patriots in, in some way, shape, or form. Um, but yeah, D Ford, all you got to do, man, is line up on side and your team is in the Super Bowl now. That didn't happen. Um, and, and people are I, – I know Max Kellerman said it, um, and he was completely wrong. He said and, – and a lot of other people are trying to claim that the flag on D Ford was late. No, if you watch the play, the ref throws the flag as soon as the ball is snapped because he notices D Ford is lined up on – the TV, television, um, uh, CBS just didn't show the flag being called until, you know, after – uh, the refs were ge- getting ready to announce the flag. The flag wasn't late or anything. He called it on time. I think you, you guys are just trying to make some stuff up. Um, but, yeah, that, that, that stuff pales in comparison of what the, – just the, the robbery that happened against the Saints in the Dome, man. It's just disgusting. Yeah. I'm just uh, – it's just unnerving. It's gross. It's incompetent. It's unjust. It's, it, it's 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 literally like you're at a trial – for your good friend or your brother 
and they're convicted of a crime you know for a fact they did not do. Obviously, this is not not as far on a scale, but they commit a crime that they didn't. You know that they did not do, and all the evidence right there is showing they did not do, and they're still convicted. That's just unjust, and that's what happened here. The flag is obvious. The penalty is obvious. At that point in the game, at that magnitude of a game, that needs to be called, and it doesn't. And now we're we're suffering the consequences because of that. Um, yeah, it's just I'm I'm just. You're good. Still pissed about it. It's 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 <laughs> freaking wild. It's it's wild, but yeah, worst worst no call in NFL history by far. It's not even debatable mm. at this point. Anything else you guys want to say about that? I'm I'm gonna jump into some stats in a minute uh, about got, the game and we can analyze that. But yeah, what else you guys got? So I just wanted to mention, of course, you know, of course, uh, doesn't help the fact for the Saints, you know, that social media is here and. Everybody overreacts, and of course, you know you've got the savage on Twitter, Michael Thomas, can't guard Mike. Follow him on Twitter. Um, so he wrote a few things too, um, on Twitter regarding everything. So of course, you have the Rule of Seventeen, Section Two, Article Three. We can get into that a little bit. It's basically it's not going to happen as much as I wish it would. But um, yeah, it's that basically, ship sailed already. What'd you say? That ship sailed already. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Uh, the time on that's gone. Never would have, but. Yeah, it's just basically for those who haven't been following it, it's just basically that if he wanted to, the commissioner, Roger Goodell, uh, could have the power to uh, go in if there is a call like this, which happened, uh, that severely uh, changes the outcome of the game. He could go in, change the game, have it replayed up to that point, but it didn't happen, unfortunately. Uh, Michael Thomas also tweeted, burnt money Roger, and hey, Roger, pick up the phone. Some other things, too. Uh, there's a huge petition going around right now. And it's funny. Um, under one of Michael Thomas's tweets, I actually wrote, uh, sign it. And the petition, uh, the tweet that I wrote, sign it, actually ended up blowing up on Twitter. I got, like, over a 1,000 likes. It was crazy. But um, uh, there's a petition going around right now to have, you know, Saints fans really want Roger Goodell to reschedule the game. It has nearly three-quarters of a million signatures. It has right now 730,000. And it's still growing really rapidly. And also, um, some other things I've been noticing on Twitter. There's a one dude. I guess he's a diehard Saints fan. His name is Matt Bowers. Um, yeah. Went- so Bowers is a. Uh, yeah. Sorry to cut you off. He's he's a uh, a big time big time Saints fan out in Atlanta who owns, I think, a couple dealerships. Yeah. Yeah. If, if not one, he owns a couple car dealerships. So he he's he's uh yeah that's who Matt Bowers is. <laughs> but yeah, he um. He basically put up a bunch of different billboards, you know, um, just, uh, you know, like the Saints uh, got robbed, NFL blew it, you know, B-L-E-A-U-X, you know, the, the fancy words. But, um, yeah, uh, a lot of people were displeased with the way uh, these games are being played. And the question, I'll leave it to you guys, you know, I'm generally curious, what should we do during the Super Bowl? And um, do you think we should boycott? For me, though, for the Super Bowl, uh, me and my dad are going to be getting a pizza, but we're going to be watching... The 0-9-10 Super Bowl, the Saints Colts. So, but yeah. should we boycott? That's a real question. I'll be. I'll, I, the only reason I'm watching the Super Bowl is obviously my dad's favorite team is playing too. So I mean that's that's something. Which by the way, that sucked sitting next to Rams fan as that shit <laughs> went down. 
Um, but I mean, luckily my dad is one of the most like respectful, uh, fans out there, uh, whether it comes to basketball, football, whatever sport. So he, he was in agreement with me. He's like, yeah, that was terrible. No call. But he was like, Hey, I mean, I, I'll take the win. I'll take the trip to Super Bowl. I was like, I understand. I guess, I guess I'd probably, I mean, wh- what are you going to do in that situation? Um, you know, as a Rams fan, but didn't rub it in or anything. So, I mean, very respect. So that was fine, but still, yeah, I have a, yeah, have you a got really buddies who are Rams fans. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, I got a buddy. They're rubbing buddy who's a Rams fan uh his name's Mario I've known him for a while he's he's a really nice guy I mean he he did kind of defend his team a little bit but you know obviously didn't rub it in or anything like that as far as uh as far as watching the game you know honestly okay if the game were tonight I wouldn't watch it honestly it's just it's too it's too uh yeah it's too fresh the loss is still like that wound is still gushing blood yeah uh and and you know like this this sucks, you know, and this kind of brings me to another point that I've I've been thinking about, uh, you know, since the loss is like, I I I love the Saints. I'm the biggest Saints fan in the world, but I love football. I love the game of football. It's the most unique sport in the world. Um, it it teaches you know young kids who play it, and you know there's there's elements about football that you won't find in any other sport. It's it's uniquely American, which well, I love. And, you know, soccer's my second or third favorite sport, so don't get me wrong. I'm not one of those, yeah, America, screw the world. No, mm-hmm. I, I love I love all sports. But football, football, I love it because, you know, football is the only sport where you line up across somebody else. In rugby, there's some of this too. And there's that mentality of it's either him or me and it ain't going to be me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's brute. But you also there's a there's a trust factor with your teammates. There's there's a brotherhood in 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 football that you just don't get in any other sport. And I would welcome a debate from anybody who listens to the podcast to try to debate me on that because football is it's a unique sport and I love it so much. I I've I've been around it. My dad played in college. Uh, my dad coached me and my brothers all throughout. I played football you know from the time I was seven years old through. Through high school, one state championship game, all that. I love football. What the NFL is doing to its own sport is just terrible. The the rule changes are one thing, but the lack of accountability mm-hmm. and the inconsistency is ruining the sport that I love. It starts you know with I mean? Goodell. No. It starts with it, Roger Goodell. It, my hate for for what's going on is almost getting up to the level of how much I love the sport. Mm. And that's a bad thing. And mm-hmm. that that's not good. Like I I have been a, a an NFL Sunday ticket holder for ten plus years. I've always had it. Main reason is because I like watching the Saints on Sundays and it's kind you know, throughout the years it's been hard to, to do that if you don't have the NFL Sunday ticket. And on top of that, you know, I'll watch I'll watch a few games outside of the Saints. If the Saints are on commercial break or whatever i'll open up the game mix and see the other games that are going on if the saints play at one o'clock i'll turn on other games at the four o'clock window that i wouldn't have been able to watch if i didn't have the sunday ticket um i canceled direct tv because i know how much money the nfl makes off of that deal with direct tv i mean let's be real direct tv would not exist if if not for that sunday ticket that mm-hmm. is the only thing that keeps that company afloat because it's such an archaic outdated technology to beam a satellite up into the sky to get to get um, video and you know to get to get content like that. It's 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 so 1990s that 
they're the only company. I mean, there's Dish Network out there, but Dish Network is so small and insignificant. Um, the product itself sucks, but you know, having the exclusive rights to air out of market games has kept DirecTV afloat, and it's because of their direct relationship with the NFL. And I proudly and enthusiastically called DirecTV, canceled my service because because I know how much money you know, and I'm just one guy. I know it's not even a drop in the bucket. But I bet you're not also, alone, though. There's also a principle there that I won't let myself crumble under, and that's the same struggle I'm having with the Super Bowl right now. I love the Super Bowl. It's one of the greatest days of the year for me and for a lot of people, but it's also one of the greatest days. It's also the greatest day of the year for the NFL and in, 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 uh, whichever network's going to air it, so CBS. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, it's... I, I'm having a hard time coming around to saying I'm going to watch it, and that sucks because if this was any other situation, if the Saints had just lost, if the Saints lost a heartbreaking loss like they did mm-hmm. against the Vikings last year, my dumb ass would be watching the Super Bowl because right. I don't. at the end of the day, I want to watch it. I don't care about the commercials and the stupid mm-hmm. halftime show. The halftime shows of the Super Bowl are always terrible. The, to me, mm-hmm. the last good halftime show was Bruno Mars. Yes. Yeah, that, that was fantastic. That was, yeah, and before him – Prince was great. Yeah, and Prince is always great, though. It's before that was Michael Jack. Like the halftime, yeah. the halftime shows are always terrible. The Who was pretty good, mainly the because I mean good. the Saints ended up winning that Super Bowl. But yeah, Teenage Wasteland. There you um, go. I, I I'm re- I haven't decided, man. My wife is even like, "Are we gonna watch the Super Bowl?" And I'm like, "You know what? I I really don't know. I don't, if it were tonight, I'm not watching it. Mm-hmm. You know." And it also kind of sucks because like. All right, we don't watch the Super Bowl. What can we do? I, I guess I could rewatch the Saints Super Bowl. I've rewatched that game probably a hundred times. Yeah. But you know, what's what's another? You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, at this point, I'm leaning towards no because it's still really fresh in my in my hurt soul. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, if 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 we end up if our, if we go to our neighbor's house or something, or someone invites us over. You know, then at that point you're kind of stuck because you're you're somewhere. But it, it, it I mean, it just should be the Saints playing the sun or uh, next Sunday. And that's, that's the thing is, I'm gonna be if I do watch the Super Bowl, I'm gonna be having that in my head this mm-hmm. whole time, especially yeah. especially if the unfathomable happens and the Rams win the Super Bowl. That's gonna make it even worse because it yeah, should man, the should be the Rams. Yeah. It should not be the Rams. But you know what? That Super Bowl, no matter how happy those people get if they mm-hmm. win it. It will always be tainted, and yep. they'll always have always an asterisk. Have an asterisk. They had yeah. no business being in the Super Bowl. Yep. The Rams are yeah. a really good team. They're loaded with talent. They went all in for this year, and without a little bit of help from the referees, or I mean a lot of help from the referees, they wouldn't be there, and this season would have been a complete loss for them given the amount of money and free agents and, and stuff that they did in this offseason. Because the Rams next year are not going to be the same team. they got to make decisions, man. they got to make mm-hmm. Sue, Tlaib, Peters, all these, you know, um, I think Brandon Cooks was extended, but they have, yeah. you know, Jared Goff is coming up. Um, are they going to keep C.J. Anderson? If you do, what do you pay him? They have they have some serious issues yeah. that they're going to have to overcome. So they were all in this year. It was this year or nothing, and they should not be there. This year should have been a colossal failure exactly. had the refs done what they were supposed to do. So if I do watch the Super Bowl and the Rams win, it's going to make it hurt even more because they shouldn't even damn be there. 100%. And luckily for the Saints, our – uh, free agent decisions are not nearly as tough as I think. Who our biggest free agent is PJ Williams, and he just got arrested for a DUI. I mean, no, that, Mark. I mean, Mark, oh, Ingram. Mark Ingram, of course, Mark Ingram. But I know I hear a lot of people saying Teddy Bridgewater too. I, I yeah, Bridgewater too. But yeah, I guess okay. I guess outside of Ingram, 
our core is still going to be intact. Rams can't. Yeah, no, no, the core is there. The the core is there. Um, we got to make a decision on Pete. You know, do we pick up that fifth year? I don't think we. I don't think we have yet. He was drafted in. I think it was twenty. I think it's next year for him. Sixteen. No, that was ranked. He. Yeah, he was six. Sixteen or fifteen. Pete was. I think Pete was fifteen. I think Pete was fifteen too, because Rankins was sixteen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he's he's still. I mean, we could we could keep him around another year mm-hmm. if 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 we wanted to. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to letting him go. But yeah. for the most part, yeah. I mean, our 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 main contributors are under contract. I think we're gonna have to figure out something to do with uh, Breeze's contract. Yeah, we're um, gonna need to restructure yeah. that somehow. Thirty three and a half mil. Yeah, I've got another yeah. conspiracy too. What's your conspiracy? What is it? What is it? <laughs> okay, so uh, people have actually been talking about it on Twitter because some people were saying that Drew Brees' long ball looked pretty bad. So uh, people actually brought up the that game torn rotator on cuff. Thanksgiving against the Falcons yeah. uh, when he threw the pick. Drew Brees went down for the tackle, and it's hard to explain. You guys would just have to find the clip on Twitter or something. Like the way he tackled, he sort of like fell over, and the Falcons player like like ran into his back so people were like like theorizing maybe Drew Brees has been hurt and mm. it just never showed up on the injury report or anything it would explain a lot it would it would, it would. Brees underthrew some deep balls towards the tail end of the year that he has been no doing it all year yeah but it, it got bad really bad at the end of the year really my, bad. my question is to that is if he was injured <clears throat> excuse me in, in any way shape or form obviously the Saints would want to keep him out there but wouldn't they kind of notice that in practice and then go, hey, Drew, we're not going to be running these deep balls. In or, the like, game readjust for you. Because we're noticing that you can't get the ball down. Like, I have a feeling he was chucking balls down the field just fine in practice once game time came and he had a little bit of pressure on him. I think that's where we see the underthrown balls. But, I mean, if there had been something going on, I mean, first off, he would have been honest to the coaching staff. Second off, I think they would have adjusted accordingly. But if that is true... Then yeah, like Charlie said, that that explains so much as to why Drew Brees yeah. tail end of the season didn't play too good. And also piggybacking off Teddy Bridgewater, I'm just now realizing. Actually, I realized this yesterday. I'm just now realizing I need to say this in the podcast. It's <laughs> it's 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 great that we get, we got so close to the Super Bowl and that we're able to talk about this now that this was a Super Bowl team because that all started. I don't know if you guys remember Charlie. You were the one who said. I went back and listened. The very first time we claimed that this is a Super Bowl winning roster is when the team actually traded for Teddy Bridgewater. We were officially then like, okay, this team is on track to, if anything happens to Breeze this year, Bridgewater is going to be able to at least be uh, um, okay there under center. To and, and, and granted, with the weapons the Saints had, I don't know if that rings true still to this day, but the Saints made that move to be a Super Bowl winning team. And I think that really was the uh, starting or not necessarily starting point, but that was the realization for us of this team is built to win the Super Bowl. And that's exactly where they're going to be going for. Um, And that was roughly, when was that? Was that in, uh, that was like August, wasn't that? No, Teddy came after training camp, right? I can look it up. I thought it was like during the, I don't remember. It's been so long of a season. I mean, he yeah, def- I mean, he, he definitely played in the preseason. So yeah, that might have been even July, June, maybe or or no, early. He didn't play for the Saints in preseason. He played for the Jets in preseason. Oh, that's right. It was after. Duh. That's yeah. Because right. he did yeah. so good in the preseason. The Saints. Noticed. I think it was yeah, right before right. the trade deadline. That's right. No, because he was on our roster before the regular season kicked off. Was he? Nah. 
No, he, no, 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 he won't. No, he, uh, yeah, 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 you're right. He got yeah. traded, um, like at the end of August. I think it was yeah. like August 29th. Yeah, August 29th or something like that. Yeah. Because, and that was such a big need because who do we have? We had the dude from the Texans. What was his name? Um, Tom Savage. Uh, Tom Savage. Tom looked not Savage. Like absolutely yeah. looked, looked horrendous. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll say this about Teddy. He, uh, I, I would love to keep him. I mean, you know, having a veteran like him uh, as being, you know, the future of the Saints when Drew, Drew retired. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I really think that this is Drew's last run at it um, in 2019. I agree. Um, and I, by no means do I want to push – Drew out of the building. I want Drew to play as long as he wants and as long as he can. But I just really think this is it for him. Um, but when Teddy played in Week 17, he kind of yeah. looked like crap. He did. He really did. <laughs> he looked terrible. It man. wasn't like, good. It wasn't. It's not yeah. good. I know that we didn't really have a game plan. Like it was kind of vanilla for him. But I mean, he just looked uncomfortable and just mm-hmm. he did didn't look very good. But I'm I'm hopeful that with an off season program, if he yes. and we do find a way to allocate money to that position. I mean, because think about it. If we don't do anything with Breeze, fit $33 million, and then, you know, I, I hate to break it to you guys, but Teddy's going to cost close to $20 million. Well, that's he, the thing. that I mean, like, have – We need to do something. What's the opinion on him now from outside teams after, A, seeing him sit a whole year behind uh, – actually, so he'd be sitting behind, the, you know, not being a starting quarterback for quite a while now. At um, least another year now. At le- I mean, and, and that's the thing. Most likely Breeze, I, I have a feeling Breeze is definitely going to play this upcoming season. Um, Brid, does Bridgewater want to be a backup again for a year? Because exactly. Yeah. We, we, yeah. we could tell him, hey, I, th- we kind of told him that last year, though, right? We kind of said, hey, this this is probably most likely Breeze's last season, especially if we go all the way and win. Are you okay being a backup this year? Then maybe we re-sign you to be our quarterback of the future afterwards. Now you you go into negotiations with him saying, Hey man, sorry. I know we said you know last year was Breeze's last year, but we're ninety eight percent sure this will be his last year now. So <laughs> if you'll just know if you're okay being a backup for another year, maybe taking a little bit of a pay cut so we can keep Breeze around. It, it, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I don't see that working. But piggyback off what you're you saying, Charlie, know. will teams how, how much money will Bridgewater command? I think teams are looking at him a little bit differently now after him sitting for so long and his performance week 17. They're not as confident in his ability as they were when he was on the Jets. Um, but I definitely think he will command more money than the Saints are going to be willing to give up, especially, again, if Breeze's cap hit is still over 33 mil for this season, which is pretty big. He deserves yeah. the money. That's still pretty damn big, though. Yeah, you I mean, what do you do? You allocate 50. I know the Saints don't. The Saints have publicly said via Mickey Loomis that they don't um, allocate by position. They mm-hmm. just kind of make the roster work with their money. But to me, it's hard to imagine fifty plus million dollars allocated to the quarterback position, yeah. and that's yeah. not including Taysom Hill, who is our right. third quarterback, yeah. who is due for a new contract himself Something. pretty soon too. Mm, I think he's. I think he's one more year under that rookie deal. I think yeah. he's. I think he's got one more one more year, and then yeah, you got to make a decision. Which I, mean, I guess by that five. time, salary cap won't matter as much. But yeah, big decision. Yeah, still. yeah. If we don't honestly financially for the future, and this may work because we have we have a young core that are all under contract. You know, we have a couple names that we need to. In my opinion, we need to keep Mark Ingram, and we need to keep Alex Okafor. Okafor for um, sure. Yeah, and uh, 
you know, we'll figure out what we do with Pete. Um, but we, you know, our core and all the good guys are under contract already. Um, so honestly, I think going forward financially, it almost makes sense to just eat that 33 mil this year because then, you know, let's say Breeze rides off in the sunset. We win the Super Bowl next year. Everything is awesome. Uh, but then Breeze is off the books. And mm-hmm. that is big time for the Saints because Breeze has eaten up, rightfully so, such a huge number every year, such a huge percentage every year of our cap. And, you know, if we can, if we can convince Teddy to stay around for like, 12 to 16, which I don't think he would because I think he would command more than that on, on the open market, um, especially a quarterback needy team like Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, the Giants. New York. The Reds. Tampa, Spins, maybe. Yeah. Tampa, maybe. No, I think Bruce likes likes yeah. Crabble, man. I think yeah, he's he going to work with his legs. Um, you know, I think Teddy could command some more. I think the Saints probably say, I think the Saints give him a respectable offer is what I think they do because I think yeah. they would like to keep Teddy around. I mean, we invested, what, a third-round pick in him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you invested some pretty decent capital in a year. We didn't have a first round, um, yeah. and you know, and then we lost our fifth round. It's like, I mean, this draft coming up is going to be pretty. Oh, it's going to be a little brutal. Yeah, bad. Yeah. But I think they want to keep Teddy, so I think they offer him something respectable and say, "Look, we understand that you could go compete to be a starter, and you could probably make more money elsewhere. But just look at what you have here already. You know what I mean? You have mm-hmm. you have a Super Bowl roster right now." Um, and the, this core is under contract for a couple more years. And we can, you know, when Breeze retires, we can extend these guys like Thomas and Kamara and Lattimore and Rankins and some of these young guys who are going to need to get paid. Um, you know, if you have a quarterback that's not making $30 million a year, put it this way, if we have a quarterback that's making $30 million a year when those young guys are due, we're going to fall apart the same way that the that the Seahawks fell apart when all yep. their young guys are due. And yep. You know, if you're trying to run a, a, a an organization for longevity, that that becomes a problem. And and we ha- we are in a unique position where we don't necessarily have to do that if we can keep Teddy around for a good number. And I think yeah. that we can make a couple moves. Um, most notably, cutting uh, Kurt Coleman that will save us Agreed. a little bit of money. That will actually be key in uh retaining some of these guys but yeah well, i think if we make that move i think we go out and sign someone because honey badger unless we find a you know because we have so many needs right like the team yeah. i mean we don't have so many needs but we have some pretty glaring holes we need we need a tight end number absolutely. one absolutely we need a tight end we need we need defensive tackle depth yeah we need, we need an o-line depth we know line okay. depth that's true uh wide receiver we, maybe in the wide receiver <laughs> Uh, safety for sure. I mean, <laughs> even, for that dog. even with, yeah, I mean, even, I mean, so what, I mean, Charlie, are you saying we shouldn't, we shouldn't cut, I know we should sign a safety. No, I think, no, 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 no. I, I think, uh, I think if you cut Coleman, um, you got to backfill that position. I mean, unless, right. you know, depending how we feel about Chris Banjo, I mean, sure. Is he there? Like, can he can he be that third safety? You know what I mean? And he had two picks I, honestly, in my opinion, um, and I know this has been tossed around on, on Twitter a lot. You know, a lot of people talk about Honey Badger coming home. I, I think I would probably be cool with that because I think he would, I think he would fit with what we do. But we need to bring in a free safety that's going to push Marcus Williams mm-hmm. into stepping up because mm-hmm. he had a, a pretty significant sophomore slump and. He needs to be pushed out. I don't know if it's 
you know, bring bring somebody in who's going to compete with him, or bring in someone who's who's maybe a little bit older and experienced who can help coach him on the field. Right. Because, in my opinion, he was the weakest link of the weakest link of the defense this year. Consistently, absolutely, yeah. And I mean, I, I'm I'm more confident in Von Bell moving forward as our best safety for sure than Williams. And yeah, I didn't think I'd be saying that before the season kicked off. This, they're two different players, though. They play no for sure. No, absolutely, but. And, I, and I, I has, he has zero career interceptions, I think. Oh, no, no, no. But he at least makes plays on the field. Williams is a ghost half the time. Well, he is, but their skill uh, but, sets are different, and, and Bell is asked to do Oh, di- no, I mean, no, no, no. I, I agree, and I'm not I'm not saying we, we, like, move on with Von Bell, get rid of, or, or whatever that is like. But I never thought before the season kicked off I'd be saying, hey, our best overall safety the guy I trust more is Von Bell over Mark. I thought I thought this. We all thought this was Marcus Williams' redemption season. So I'm uber disappointed in his performance, and I'm not very satisfied with what he provided us this year. I'm more confident in Von Bell going forward overall as like you know a playmaking safety back there than I was Williams. And I didn't think I'd be saying that before the season kicked off. But yeah, definitely different skill sets, different positions. Uh, Von Bell's a true, natural, strong safety. Williams is not. That's the difference, though. Williams is yeah. not a true free safety. We well, he, a true free he's safety not a strong there. safety. He he is a – Williams is a free safety, and I see it in him as becoming a really good free safety. It's just he needs he needs something else. There's, there's a disconnect on the field. Like we saw him, especially in the worst moments in the playoffs, take – horrible angles you know what i mean and it, and that to me comes from coaching it's it's a technique thing you know when you have to as a free safety you know you're the last line of defense deep is the deepest but it's all about taking proper angles at the ball or right. at the or at the receiver and he that's his weakest area i mean he's fast he makes a lot of tackles you know he you know he only got two interceptions but at least he had a couple interceptions or our yeah. other safeties don't get interceptions at all for whatever reason that's true he, yeah he he, I think there's the potential in there for him to be a good safety. He's just, you know, he needs help. I don't know if it's bringing in a, a veteran and either competing with him or helping him be that on-field coach. But, I mean, something else has got to change. And, and Honey Badger coming in would be cool because we do need a third safety. But this is the thing. You bring in Honey Badger, you're not going to bench Marcus Williams for Honey Badger because he's not the same, doesn't play the same position. Mm-hmm. And then are you going to bench Von Bell, a guy who you drafted – and who's progressed through the years through the system, you know what I mean? There's, yeah. Unless and we have three, we have three starting linebackers where we did, we were so weak at linebacker, we would have to run big nickel all the time. But we have three good starting linebackers: Davis, Anzalone, and, and Klein. So mm-hmm. you know, we definitely need some safety depth. That's why I almost feel like if Chris Banjo is ready to go, man, I would I would pr- promote him to third safety and and I'd probably move on from Kurt Coleman. I mean, it's me yeah. after a year, but I mean. He came in and did absolutely nothing. He was yeah. relegated to strictly special teams. You can get yeah. undrafted rookie free agents if you to, mm-hmm. to play special teams. Yeah. Not a not a five million dollar a year or whatever safety. Agreed, and so, yeah. that's wasted money almost. And to a guy we really thought Coleman was going to be a difference maker. Well, I shouldn't yeah. say difference well, maker so much, but we we well, did we, expect quite a bit out of him. We thought the same. I mean, I thought the same of, of AJ Klein too. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a bust. He was a giant piece of money, and he became a really good contributor for us. And you both know? coming from the Panthers too. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's there's a. I think there's a learning curve with Dennis Allen's system. I sure. think he runs, you know, a very multifaceted defense where 
you know, I think the defense was – I know we have playmakers on the defense, but I almost – you know, and this is a, saying a lot. I feel like a lot of our success came from just design of the scheme. Yeah, we, we're, yeah exactly. Because we talked about it uh, when we were previewing the Eagles game, right? The way that the run defense operates is strictly off being able to fill those gaps and this and um, everything that Dennis Allen's Dallin, Dennis Allen implements there. Um, I, I I I agree with you. That's usually yeah, how I mean, top running it's not like operate. Uh, it's not like the the Seattle Legion of Boom defense in the past, or even what the Cowboys do now, where it's it's not that complex of a system. They just execute the system very well. The Saints is more so, mm-hmm. you know, their defense. The scheme is is multifaceted, and I think that's what makes it. That's what made us good this year is having guys in the same system again, with less turnover like we've had in years past. So maybe next year Kirk Coleman kind of comes around into his own, or maybe we say take a hike and we save some money. Either way, I'm satisfied either way. And he's a veteran. I think he has it in him to bounce back after a season like that and, and, and use his intelligence, his football intelligence, to correct himself a little bit. But it all depends on if the Saints have the patience for that, so to speak. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a I'm – not, I'm not too worried about this offseason. I'm worried about um, just how everything will come together to start next season. Um, Me too. mainly Breeze's performance and the specific weapons around him because if we lose Ingram somehow in free agency, uh, then... Receivers need to step up, that's the, for sure. yeah, yeah, because then now he doesn't have a uh, another safety net out of the backfield. It's mainly just going to be Kamara and whoever is going to be backing him up. And then the, we all know about how weak the receiving core is, and Ted Ginn Jr. is not getting any younger. He's, he's definitely a, you know, a wily veteran out there. He's, he's getting older, no so Watson, we, we can't exactly – and Ben Watson, I mean, his career is done now, right? Ben Watson yeah, is, is retiring. Sure. Unfortunately, wasn't able to play in the final game of his career due to uh, – what is it? Appendicitis. Uh, um, yeah. So uh, very unfortunate for him. But the weapons around Breeze are kind of not, not exactly improving, so to speak. They're kind of – and if we lose Ingram, that's going to be really interesting. So I'm not exactly worried about free agency. I'm worried about how the team will get off to a start next year with who they have surrounding them. Uh, but yeah. Any, anything else we're, you guys want to say about – oh, go ahead, Charlie. We're, we're, missing, we're missing weapons on offense. Man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Losing Kirkwood, I, I, dude, this, that week yeah. leading up to this game, I tweeted how that bothered me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I called Keith Kirkwood our second wide receiver, and people kind of laughed at me and were like, how the hell? It's, if you look at the trend and you look at the snap counts and look at who's more involved in the offense, Keith Kirkwood was our second wide receiver. Yeah. You know, he's a, a young guy who, with not a lot of experience, but he developed a trust level and a production level with Breeze that losing him, you know, the offense suffered in that game. The offense yeah, yeah. We sputtered a lot, and we kicked field goals when we shouldn't have been kicking field goals. Maybe, maybe having him in the game would have helped out a little bit. And yeah. as far as Ted Ginn, I mean, honestly, Traquan Smith, ha- he has to work out. He yeah. has to become the deep threat. He has to. He doesn't have to be what Ted Ginn was for us because Ted Ginn was pretty consistent. You know, a good deep threat kind of guy. In my opinion, he needs to become what. Robert Meacham was supposed to be yes. because he has all the same tools that Robert Meacham had. He's a pretty good run blocker. He can fly mm-hmm. and he's not very small. I mean, Ted Ginn's kind of like a little or like a smaller frame guy. Trey Kwan needs to become what we wanted Robert Meacham to become. And if, yes. and if he does, then, then good. We have another weapon. And if, and if yeah. Kirkwood, you know, progresses even more, that's, you know, that's, that's what made our, I mean, I was, one of the things that stuck out in that Super Bowl was, man, we do not have the, yeah, people talk about how explosive our offense was and how we could do that. 
our offense was nowhere near what it was in 2009 or 2011. Mm -hmm. We had big, fast wide receivers that you could consistently count on to make plays when we needed to make plays. And then this, you know, towards the tail end of this season, I mean, actually all damn season. It was like, if it's not Kamara or Thomas, who's it going to be? Gotta be right. somebody. We right. kept on saying well, it. Maybe, you know, maybe this whole Des Bryant thing, you know, comes together and he actually comes back. But I don't know, man. An older wide receiver with a popped Achilles, I'm not, uh, I'm not investing too much money and I'm not investing too much hope into that either. And that's what I, I mean. I said it before the game too. And I mean, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm, if I was just kind of saying some crazy stuff, but even though Marsh, Brennan Marshall, who we signed, was kind of on the older end, had we just kept him around in that core instead of cutting him? He's consistent him, when he I played. I mean, he would have been at le- at the very least an extra body for the defense to watch out there, right? On the, I mean, yeah. he would have helped in, even if it was minute, he would have helped a little bit, um, especially with Kirkwood out, because Ted Ginn Jr., I'm, I'm with you, Charlie. Kirkwood was definitely the number two receiver. Ginn was the number two receiver in terms of being able to open up the offense for Michael Thomas. Kirkwood yeah. was in the number two receiver in terms of actually being the second consistent option there yeah, for Breeze. So, I don't know. If we would have had somebody like Marshall, I don't know. I, I, even even if the if it would have been minute, like I said, still would have been help. And we Brandon and Marshall, we need. Brandon Marshall would have caught that pass that Dan Arnold dropped. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. I can't even. I can't even. Uh, that would have changed the game. That's the other. Will give us the one. If da- yeah, if Dan Arnold catches that ball, we talked about it before the freaking game too, guys. We talked about yep. how much he drops freaking easy yep. passes. We, that's why yep. we need to Dude, I totally end. forgot yep. about that. He Gosh, dropped that pass. Everything. Dude, I can't believe you dropped that pass still. Oh, my gosh. That's right. This is what happens when you, you put so much into young guys with no experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dan Arnold. Even Drake a, a, Even a goat can't do everything for Drew Brees, you know? Yeah. he can't. I mean, they did a good – look, the Rams did a good job at, at, at kind of limiting what – what uh Michael Thomas did. Yeah, and honestly, exactly. I-, I thought that was a mistake on our part because not putting him in I really slot, like yeah. Ev- I really like Evan Silva on Twitter a lot. He's he's a smart dude. He's a very analytical, numbersy, geeky kind of guy. He's a fantasy football guru. But all week, man, he was saying what the Saints need to do without Keith Kirkwood. And honestly it was him that really put me on to the to the magnitude of of losing Keith Kirkwood. What the Saints should have done was have Traquan and Ted Ginn on the outside Work Michael Thomas from the slot where he is absolutely lethal and who the 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 Rams don't have an answer in slot. Right. So right. why not exploit that mismatch? Why not put Michael Thomas in the slot? Even if he starts from an outside the numbers or outside position, motioning him in the slot and having him work. I mean, there was a time where we did that a couple times in the game and he was uncoverable. Yeah. Uncoverable. Yeah. There was yeah, sure. You know, the outside corners, Marcus Peters. And Akeem Talib could do what they needed to do against Ginn and Traquan on the outside. But moving Thomas into the slot and having him run routes from the slot would have created a huge advantage. And we didn't run enough of that. And we Not need- to mention, no one on that defense can cover Alvin Kamara. No. No yeah. one on that defense can cover him. Leading receiver Kamara was on the game. Um, and, yeah, a any sort of check down or uh, out route or consistently – trying to get the ball to whoever was there in the slot, whether it be Michael Thomas or Tom Lee, I, I understand the options were limited. But anything to kind of start to open something up to get the run game going at least some that that's what we only had forty eight rushing yards, but we had twenty one attempts. We were trying to run the ball. We were trying to get things going, but it just wasn't Rams were able to load up the box, very talented, but this was the what the the fourteenth ranked rush defense in, in the NFL coming into the game. 
the the Rams rush defense or am I, I actually sorry their their 14th rank was overall team they were 23rd in rush yards Jeez. on the season we weren't able to really exploit that or open it up um and 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 I'm, I, I think any sort of out route throws to where they have to pay extra attention maybe even bring in an extra defensive back so they have five d uh defensive backs on the field and only really their front seven being the big guys quote unquote that would have been able to open up the run game somewhat, but yeah, the Saints kind of went away from that. They tried to take some shots down the field, um, and rightfully, I mean, Drew Brees, even though he underthrew that ball to Ted Ginn Jr. Uh, towards the end of the game there, uh, that was a fantastic play overall. Credit to Ginn for going up and getting that ball, because that could have been an interception as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, and and I mean, you hit right on the head, Charlie. The Rams were not able to cover out of the slot. The only way they were able to cover out of the slot was tackling dudes, because that's what happened to Tom Lee Lewis when uh, during. So just, uh, just crazy. Terrible game. Definitely. This there are, is the problem, though, man. We couldn't run a lot of empty sets in the game because our offensive line was so beat up. That's true too. I mean, that's true too. Yeah. There was a point. There was a time. I guess it was end of third, early fourth quarter, going into the fourth quarter, where Indomik and Sue took over the damn game because. Yeah. And, and and Aaron Donald too, and Michael Brockers, Fowler, those guys kicked our offensive line's ass, and Fowler you could tell our, our line was hurt, man. Our, yeah. We went into that game beat up. Ramchek yeah, was even getting beat there. a lot too. Ramchek was hurt. Um, uh, Unger was still kind of, or not Unger. Pete was still hurt. Armstead clearly was still hurt. Our offensive line was intact, but not really. They got whooped up front all day long. That's why we couldn't run the ball, mm-hmm. and that's why Brees didn't have the time he had. And that, and I think that's that too contributes to him underthrowing the ball. I mean, you know, the interception he threw wasn't wasn't an underthrown interception. He got hit in the freaking head. Another, yeah, another nobody, penalty. That was that the, a huge call too. Yeah, yeah. Another another penalty the refs didn't call. Uh, hands were right up in his eyes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like underneath yeah, the face mask. There's, you know, there's there there were definitely some balls uh, recently that Breeze underthrew, and I don't know if it's because he got hurt making that tackle in the in the Falcons game. Who knows? Or what? But I mean, it's not only the deep balls that were underthrown. Just some of Breeze's passes, just they don't have the zip on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he used to be able to nail. I mean, he still kind of does, but even his deep outs to Ginn. Uh, kind of worry me because they take a little bit to get out there i yeah. mean i don't know I, i'm kind of hoping that breeze was a little beat a little you know sore and banged up um it's not just him getting old it's not just him getting old because you know think about it i mean you know being being a guy of his stature playing quarterback it's really i mean so much more goes into throwing the ball than just throwing the ball when you're a, a guy like tom brady you know you're six foot five well over 200 pounds you can you can stand in the pocket and fire the ball. You know when you're not that like Breeze, a, a lot of it depends on your your mechanics of throwing the ball and anticipation too with the receivers. Anticip- yeah, exactly. The timing with the receivers and then the la- the throwing lanes that the lines open up. If all those things aren't really working together, then you can miss some throws, and that's what Breeze did, man. He had one of his. Yeah. You no, know, he was. There was a, it was crazy because there was a time in the year where we uh where we uh. What am I trying to say? We're, we're you know we're pushing for um, him to be the MVP, and the next thing you know, yeah. it's like, what the hell is wrong with Brees? Yeah, yeah. I mean that you, that ship has sailed. I mean, you got the NFL, uh, the writers, the voters who vote for MVP. They, they you know, give it to uh, give it to um, give it to give it to Mahomes. I mean, the kid, yeah. the kid, Breeze, Breeze didn't Breeze no. didn't earn it. Not throughout the year. Through much of the year, he did earn it, but not throughout the entire year. Because the yeah. thing is, up until Dallas. 
uh, the Dallas game. Drew Brees had every right to be. I mean, I, I I think a lot of people definitely were leaning towards Mahomes, but a lot of people were going, "Hey, Brees is the veteran here. I think overall he deserves it more." Ever since that Dallas outing, he had to put on a show to even uh, you know get over that little hump of of being more deserving, uh, so to speak, in terms of that season stats than Mahomes. And he just absolutely, after that, just absolutely crapped the bed. 120 passing yards. After that, just didn't look like the same guy. So really don't know what it was. But, ever, yeah, really ever since after. And that was a week after the Atlanta game. So, Tyler, your theory actually plays into this very well. Maybe. If yeah, it's on hit, Twitter. If he got hurt in that Falcons game, very next game was against Dallas, and that's where yeah, the struggle started. Yeah, I think it was Warren, uh, Warren, Warren Sharp. He, uh, yeah. he pointed it out. He got a bajillion retweets and. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense, man. I mean, there, this is the thing. There's been years where Breeze was hurt that you didn't find out about until after the year. 2010, exactly. he had a sprained MCL. Like, quiet. Yeah, they keep it under wraps because, you know, that's – obviously that's the MO of the Saints. If they can hide as much injury – you know, a lot like the Patriots is if right. they can hide as much injury information, they, they do. And I don't really have a problem with it. It just keeps us fans kind of wondering what in the hell is going on. Right. You know, it totally makes sense. I mean, and as weird as it sounds, I hope Breeze was hurt. I hope this isn't a severe regression of his arm strength. And I hope he's you know, not becoming a duck like Peyton Manning. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, it's not. It's not there. Going ducks, not, you know. But I mean, not, in in Manning's defense, though, Manning did have a pretty serious neck injury that I think True. contributed to the 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 factor of old age mixing in with that prior neck injury is where sure, why I mean, his final year was really bad. But yes, he did that that last year. I mean. You know, how, how bad did he perform? They had to rely on Brock Osweiler. I mean, that, that, that just says everything. Well, he had like nine mm-hmm. touchdowns and 17 picks that year, Manning did. Um, still ended up winning the Super Bowl. So, yeah, really, I, I hope that doesn't happen with Breeze either. But he hasn't had as serious of an injury as uh, Manning, I guess. I mean, Breeze's biggest injury was that shoulder injury he had before he came to the Saints. Seems like he's recovered just fine from that over the years. So, But that definitely could come back to bite him down the road. Um, definitely possibility. But, yeah, hopefully... We get to see Drew Brees in a lighter light next season. Hopefully his consistency is a little bit more up to par. But he's going to need weapons. He's going to need weapons to bail him out in situations like a game yep, against Dallas last it. year. This isn't 2000, you know, this is these are different times for Drew Brees. He's not he's not the kind of quarterback who can do it all anymore. He's he needs help. You know, he needs yeah. he's he's got his defense. The defense is good enough to win a Super Bowl. Um, it could be better, but it's good enough to win a Super Bowl. He's got very dynamic run game. He's got a great offensive line when healthy. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, but he needs another. What we need another weapon, and I think in this in our system uh, specifically, it has to be a receiving tight end. Yes, yeah, it has yes. to be a receiving tight end because screw it, bring back Jimmy Graham. I was gonna say, look how successful he was with Jimmy Graham. Yeah, uh, Jimmy. You know what? Jimmy's not the same player either. I mean, no. he's nowhere near the same player. He doesn't yeah. even look like he plays with. Any fire, and you know, I, yeah. honestly, you know, I've seen some fans saying, "Bring back Jimmy Graham." I don't want Jimmy Graham, man. Bring mm-hmm. in somebody young. I want, I want a healthier, younger tight end. Yeah, I want, a, I want somebody like how Jimmy Graham was, though, so to speak. Like a reliable yeah, I mean, Shockey. Yeah, well, Shockey was a he was a he was a way different tight end than uh, oh, yeah. Jimmy was. I mean, he he you know he was he was a good option for us, and even David Thomas was mm-hmm. from we got the Patriots. He was a yeah. solid option for us, and. Ben Watson a couple years ago was mm-hmm. was a pretty good option for us. Josh Hill is an okay option, but he's not someone you need to game plan for. He's not a difference yeah. maker. He's not someone where you need to 
you need to account for on the field, and that's what we're missing. We're missing a tight end where the Saints – where where the yeah, the defense yeah. needs to account for him exactly because because we have a running back too arguably where you got to do that we got a receiver now if we got a tight end I mean that's 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 a lot of bodies a lot of scheme geared toward just three guys um, for the defensive side of the ball where that will open up so much for the offense being able to do especially with how savvy Sean Payton is how how trick tricky he can be in games too it's like. Hey, I know I know you're game planning for this guy. Let me go away. Or I know you're game planning for this guy to do this. Let's have him do this instead. And it opens up a lot. Kind of saw that with what Taysom Hill against the Rams. I wasn't too satisfied with overall all the plays we ran with Hill, but the fact that we were able to get a pass touchdown to him, I, you know, I thought that was savvy right on the goal line. But if if this doesn't speak volume to the fact that Breeze needs help, I don't know what will. I, yeah. what, Breeze became, I mean. Since since the modern 1967 in the modern era, Drew Brees has thrown in one season to more undrafted free agents than any quarterback ever in, wow. in the his, in, in the modern era of the NFL. He also all of his touchdowns on Sunday, or all two of his touchdowns, were to undrafted uh, rookie free agents. As or it's Garrett Griffin. No, I think Garrett Griffin was just undrafted. I don't think he's a rookie, but. Uh, no, he's been a practice squad guy the last two years. Yeah, he's been on the team for a while, but he was undrafted. Practice squad guy. A, yeah, pra- a practice squad, squad guy. guy. Exactly. Touchdowns exactly. in the damn NFC Championship game. Crazy, man. Absolutely. Just, and, and of Drew course, can do it with anybody. He can, absolutely. And part of that had to do with Watson being out. Part of that had to do with, you know, Hill going down early as well. But still, that's – are you – like, I don't know. It just – it's not. Yeah. That's not. That's not how teams should operate. It's cool. That stat is cool. That, that's not how teams should operate. And that just speaks volume to the attention that needs to be brought to the Saints and their weapons surrounding our aging quarterback. Yeah. As my voice cracks. Anything else you guys mm-hmm. want to go over? We took took a lot of time talking about that mm-hmm. game and getting all of our feelings out. I actually feel a little bit better after talking about it with you guys. A little. Still pissed off overall. Anything else? Yeah, you guys I wanna... think. Uh... I think what we need to do as fans, and I'm not going to tell anyone how to deal with it. Everyone's going to deal with it in their own little way. But I think what I'm going to try to do is, as time goes on, try to get past this. I'm not going to get over it because I don't think that's po- – I mean, I'm so pissed off. Like, I don't think I'll ever get over this. But mm-hmm. get past it. Focus on – um you know, football-wise, focus on what the Saints need to do going forward um, and and just kind of see how we play free agency. Obviously, we're going to have to be more active in free agency this year because we don't have draft capital, like, at all. Right. We have a second-rounder and then, what, like a few fifths and sixths and sevenths, and, like, that's it. Yep. Um, but, you know, if we lose Te- if we lose Teddy, here, you know, here's going back to Teddy. If we lose Teddy, we should get something back. We should get a third-round compensatory pick back, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I don't know. Because of the time I, frame, yeah. Because of the time frame, yeah. But I don't know, man. I mean, it's ah, – I don't care. Don't care about the Super Bowl. <laughs> don't yeah, care about until uh, free agency starts and I can see what kind of, you know – I don't know, man. I mean, you know what really, like, um, what, really what really bothers me about all of uh, – what really bothers me about all this is, like, this we had to come back even stronger, you know, after the minis- the meaningless miracle. We had to get extra focus, work even harder in the off season, play even harder during the regular season to win a couple more games to get that number one seed. Mm-hmm. And you, we're asking the guys to do that all over again. 
Yeah. After a heartbreak. Yep. That to me worries me. I feel like this team could go in one of two directions. We could go down the path of putting it all together again, kicking butt over the summer, making the right signings, getting the getting a couple draft pieces in here that that uh you know that make that make that make the team better and you know where we get right back to where we wanted to be. Or I can see us going the other direction where it's just it's just too much to overcome. Yeah. You know, and yeah. our team is young, you know, it, it's it's a young team and and it's just too much to overcome. And I think talent alone will carry this team to nine wins. Um, but beyond that, I, you know, I don't know. It's going to so be I, tough. It's um, those are the directions I see us going in, like a, a nine and seven kind of, you know, piss poor, maybe squeak in with a wild card type of thing, or putting it all together and fighting back and being by, right back where we should be. Yeah, because that's a lot of emotional baggage for the players to go through. Like, you, you think it's tough as fans to experience that loss? Well, I mean, players both of those losses back. Yeah, players play through it. It's their jobs. It's their everyday livelihood. And then they're being asked to come back next year, play, like, like Charlie's saying, play even better, try to get us back to that point. Happens all over again. I mean, that's emotionally draining. That's devastating. It's just, it's, it's going to be tough. And I, I don't want to jinx the team, so I'm just going to knock on wood. But I, 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 I could see this team... Well, I, I know Charlie said based off talent alone, and I agree with you, could get 9-1, so maybe I don't see this team doing that. But I don't know. I, I have a feeling if we don't get ourselves in check emotionally, this team, um, this could be another 7-9, season. I mean, the, 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 this could be a season where we get carried away. We kind of overestimate our our, um, our players and underestimate our opponents. And if Breeze is in tip-top shape with the weapons around him, I, I like our defense and how young it is, but... I, I never would have thought that team, with how good the offense was a few years ago, could go seven to nine, especially not three straight years. But I mean, it's the NFL; anything's possible. And if we don't get some stuff in check, that's that's right around the corner too. Uh, I, I could just be being very cynical here, though. Um, I, I I don't fully think that's true, but it's it's not crazy to think since it's happened before, it can happen again. Well, I, I think talent-wise, I think the talent on this roster alone gets us to nine wins. Just because we're, I think we're that, I think that's how good this team is. I mean, this, sure. this is a Super Bowl team, man. That's great. No, I mean, yeah, absolutely. The, the Eagles, the Eagles won the Super Bowl and then won mm-hmm. nine games the next year with no secondary whatsoever. That's I think, true too. Yeah. yeah, I think that the roster is good enough to get us to nine wins. Is are I think it's more so a factor of is the team going to be as focused and motivated this season to get even better so that we can overcome bad, stupid ref calls. Yep. That's one part of it, but probably an even bigger part of it is: are the is the coaching staff going to stay intact? I think it might. I think it kind of will because these coaching vacancies are kind of filling up, and they're not including our our guys like Dan Campbell and Dennis yeah. Allen. Oh yeah, and, you know those guys are probably going to still be around unless they get promotions elsewhere. You know, is the coaching staff going to be able to put together the offseason program and the proper motivation to get our guys back in focus and back to where they need to be? Like Sean Payton has. In my opinion, the 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 biggest task of his career as coaching the Saints to me is the 2019 season because he's got to get his guys to overcome two years in a row of heartbreak and get mm-hmm. them back to where they they honestly belong in the Super Bowl to get them back there. I mean, Peyton, he's got one hell of a job this season. Yeah, he does. He does. All yeah. I know, all I know is I think the NFL is rigged, and I don't even know what to think. I honestly like you know, man, I'm an emotional guy, like. I want to see them do good. It would suck to see them suck. But I agree with you guys. I think they're talented enough to win. 
uh, like have a winning season. Now, if they make the playoffs, that's a different story. This could be tough. Like it, it's five days later, and we still haven't gotten over it. Like players aren't going to get over this for a while, you know. And Sean Payne is a great leader, and I, I think if anybody could, you know, lay a, fi- a fire under their butt and get them going again, it's him, you know. And he's a dude with a giant coconut, so freaking do an onside kick in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. like he. If anyone could do it, it's him. And he's got a great quarterback who hopefully isn't going to start throwing ducks anytime soon. And Drew Brees. So all, I think all, Oni is a healthy O-line, a he- healthy defense, and some actual receivers. But I, I think it's possible. I, I'm not going to cut my chickens yet or anything, but I would love to see them get back to it. Get Drew Brees finally a second Super Bowl. Let him the, go out on top, you know? The disappointing ending to the season coupled with Lack of draft picks is going to make this offseason unbearably long. I want yeah. Saints football right now. I want to fast forward to September Same. later this year. Uh, it's just going to be a long offseason, but we are going to be covering it a lot. There is still free agency to go over drafts, so we'll have episodes. We'll probably take a little bit of a break, obviously, to uh, to uh, recuperate Recruit. after the Super Bowl. But once free agency kind of starts around, we'll start. But We'll give you guys those details later on. For now, that's all the time we have for this episode. Um, Tyler, do you have time for an outro? For me to oh, throw yeah, to you for course, an outro? Oh, yeah, of course. I'll tell you guys later about what happened. But, um, yeah, of course. So, yeah, guys, keep keep up to date with everything we're doing, especially now. You know, the season may be over for the Saints, but that's not to say we're done for right now. So the most important thing, if you can do anything to help support us in our endeavors uh, with any possible changes that may be coming in the future, please <laughs> check out. Nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> Please check out and support our, our Twitter page. Uh, it's at the WDD Podcast. That's where you can find everything officially from us. That's where you can find, you know, analysis from Charlie, emotional rants from me, stats and everything great from Dayton, you know. And as far as our personal Twitter accounts, you can follow Charlie at St. Charlie, Dayton at Dayton underscore Brown underscore, and myself at Raymond Tyler M. Uh, you can check out all the writing that's going on through Fansided at Who That Dish. Check them out there. They've got a Facebook page, everything good. And you can find our podcast episode links on Spreaker.com and on iTunes. So I'll throw back to you, Dayton, Charlie, if you guys have anything else to say. So. Yeah, well, I mean, we talked about this for about an hour and a half, and I'm still mm-hmm. pissed off about this stuff. But Same, talk- unfortunately. Talking to you guys definitely helps a little bit, getting to air it all out. Um, actually, you know, actually using it, because we've talked about it a lot on Twitter. But actually hopping on, using our voices and talking about it onto a podcast. Actually, I, I, I feel a little bit better now. It's like a therapy session. Um, but a little overall, bit. I'm We're still pissed ther- off and disappointed. It's freaking stupid. Um, yeah, anything else you want to say, Charlie, before we sign off? No, I mean, the only thing I can say to us and to us as fans is um, we have nowhere else. I mean, you're there's nothing we can do. There's no. nothing we can do. There's nothing That's the scenes the can do. killer part. And, that's this part that sucks, but it's that part of it that is going to eventually make us have to move on, man. I mean, yeah. there's nothing you can do. There's nothing we can do. We can be as pissed off, and and this is coming from a guy, I mean, not to sound ridiculous here, but this is coming from someone who's literally lost sleep over this loss. Mm-hmm. I've never lost Same. this much sleep over a Saints loss. I mean, the... I have, but like this is this is real bad because during the day it's one thing when you're when I'm at work or if I'm with my family or I'm you know I'm busy, but then at nighttime when the room is dark and it's dead silent and you close your eyes to go to sleep and all you can see is what happened. I mean, this sounds it almost sounds ridiculous saying it, but it's true. I mean, it 
eventually, you know, I, I've been telling myself I have to get on from this. I ha- I have to. I can't. I can't. I can't choose to live in dwelling in this because I just I got too much going on in in my life right now. Mm-hmm. Like I love the Saints and all that, and 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 uh, it'll it'll sting through the off season until the Saints put their helmets on and, and play again in September. And you know, my 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 suggestion to to us and fellow fans is. Find something that can distract you from this. If you have mm-hmm. to boycott the Super Bowl, absolutely do it. I'm full support I'm that. But find something else, you know, like a hobby or something. Maybe get your asses back in the gym or something. There you go. Uh, <laughs> find something to help you distract, release, whatever, to just kind of move on, man. I mean, and if it's limiting if it's limiting your exposure to football and stuff like that, then so be it. But when you feel comfortable, jump back in. But, you know, everyone deals with crap in their own way uh, and – Mine recently has been go- has been going absolutely insane at the gym, and you know I would recommend that for anybody because nothing better than fitness. But like, you know, find what you can do to get on, to to move on, and and just try, man. We just we got to try. We we got to move on. There's another season coming up. There's always going to yeah. be Saints football. There's always a chance for us to win a Super Bowl, and we just hope that, you know, even though maybe we're guinea pigs this year, maybe the the rightful changes are going to come in the you know come in the season. Maybe not next year, but you know, in the future to just make, you know, make the league better. And, in I don't know, let's, let's, uh, let's all punch a wall and just try to try to move on. Yeah. It's, I mean, True. it's, it's one thing to have the feeling of losing, but it's another thing to have the feeling of losing unjustly. And, and, and that's the, uh, criminal that's what makes it worse. happening that happened for the saints. And I think one of the worst parts overall that we did, we didn't really dive into is, Oh, well, we talked about the NFL not releasing a statement. But the fact that they've released the mic'd up version of that those plays yeah, happenings before seeing any sort of statement and and listening and seeing the players' reaction both on the sideline and on the field for the Saints breaks your heart just one more time because you know those fellas in that moment were just in disbelief and 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 they they even in that moment they did not know what was to come afterwards and we do and it's just terrible to watch so it's unjust it's terrible hopefully something comes of it but yeah deal with the Super Bowl however you want to watch it don't. Either way, I'll be watching. I'll be rooting hardcore for the Patriots, and I never usually do that at all. Um, Let's hope he but, retires. But, <laughs> but uh, um, Charlie and I have talked about this. We, I, both of us respect the Patriots' greatness, so it's not too hard for me to root for the Pats in the Super Bowl. It's even easier now that the, I know the Rams don't deserve to be there. But, yeah, go Patriots. Check out uh, everywhere Tyler told you guys to check out. I will talk to you guys very soon. And as always, who dat? Who dat? Who dat?